where do I stand in life financially to then be able to choose how I want to invest? Can I invest? Do I have enough capital? Do I have enough runway to be able to sustain that investment if I ever choose to go down that path? And I just set a goal as to where you think you're comfortable investing and make it happen. Because if you keep just waiting for the perfect time, you're going to beat yourself up every single time and say, man, I wish I would have done it yesterday when the rate was 2.265. Take action. And if you can't take action right away, figure out what it's going to take for you to take that action. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best unapologetic and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast, where today we are overcoming our technical difficulties with technology. My guest, Jazpreet, is helping me learn how to use my computer the right way. It's been a real treat. <laughs> it's been a delightful day. But I'm very excited to have my guest, Jazpreet Baveja, on the the uh, podcast today because he has a very important job and a fancy title. Uh, he's the Director of Fund Strategies at Fairwinds Capital Investments, and he's learned a thing or two about investing over the years, and I think he could share actually quite a bit of knowledge that will be useful to anyone listening if you are out there saying, hey, how can I grow my capital? What are other investments that I can consider outside of perhaps what you may know that's commonly put out there into the world, like real estate or stocks or bonds or mutual funds. If you have a financial advisor or maybe you have a connection through your work, there's a 401k, you know, or kind of the traditional things, which I think there's there's nothing wrong with any of those. I think there's there's um, a lot of benefit, but you know, with Jaspreet's background, talking about what he does, I think uh, we can maybe expand the aperture a little bit today, which I love because this is an interesting market that we're in. And, you know, when we have economic ups and downs, sometimes diversification is a great thing to consider. So you don't put all your financial eggs in one basket. <laughs> um, but before we get into the, the meat of things, Jaspreet, which I think everyone's going to be taking notes today, um, I'd love to just learn your personal story. I know you're, I know you're in the Bay Area because we just talked about that. Um, I'm from the Bay Area, um, hailing my 49ers gear today, um, and you're out there in Pleasant Hill. But tell, tell us more about you. Well, I've got a wife and two kids. The, the kids are both in elementary school right now, both girls. And I've been in the Bay Area since 2010. So been here a dozen years. Wow, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And before that, I was in Miami for about 10 plus years, and but born and raised in India. So my ethnicity background is all born and raised in India, about 15 years, then New York, Miami, now here. And studied computer engineering from Penn State and decided, nope, not for me. So went and got a business administration degree with a focus in computer science and just started leveraging that into IT jobs slash, well, what I finished, what I retired from in 2019 was a healthcare regulatory compliance consulting within the Kaiser Permanente world. And so I was working with the California regulators and helping to helping Kaiser meet those requirements every time they changed, which was often. And I got into real estate investing actually back in 2017 while I was still employed at Kaiser and changed my life, allowed me to retire in 2019. But 
there's a lot of things that have to happen to, to get to the point where you can just retire. It's not something, well, okay, fine. It was something I decided on a weekend, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff had to go right before that for me to say on a Thursday, babe, I think I'm done. And she goes, all right, let's think about it. Sunday afternoon, she said, all right, are you typing your letter yet? Let's, you're done tomorrow. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. I love that story. I love it. I mean, that was just a few years ago. And, yep. you know, I, I, I think to me, it, it reminds us that we're one decision away from our future, mm -hmm. right? There's one choice after a choice after a choice that could lead you down a path that you, you may not even realize mm -hmm. at the moment. And I think that's why it's so important for us to stay open, to stay open to opportunities and not be complacent because this is, you know, we live in such a dynamic world. We have such an advantage to have opportunities yeah. around us, but we do have to, we do have to seize them. Right. So what, exactly what changed for you so you obviously made some decisions to retire what what did that look like so essentially when i was in the job it was stressful and eating up days nights sometimes weekends because when you're in that consulting space even if you're an employee consulting for that company the consulting world is is very hard there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people have to travel a lot. Fortunately, I didn't have to do that, but still have to give days, nights, and weekends up. And I just wanted my young kids to know who I was and be able to spend time with them. And that's what I did when I retired. I dedicated myself to be the chauffeur. So every morning, all the brushes are on me, all the getting them ready to the school, back from school to their classes. I was doing eleven classes a week between my two kids at one point, and. So extracurriculars, and then of course the whole nighttime routines are on me, and I loved it. So I still love it. I, I still do it, and that to me is what way better. Else? Than spent. Like what hairdos are you gonna do today, Dad? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. I love it. Exactly. I, I I do. You know. I mean, and so I, you know I have to ask you because here's the here's the thing. People hear the word investment growing your portfolio and all this stuff. And if you're, you know, like people think I'm not a finance person. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know a little bit about a little bit. What are some of the, th what are some of the things that you can break down today to help people think maybe about investing differently to not make it such a scary, dark place that is complicated? Where, where you can actually get started to understand some different options that you have. You know, maybe you have a little bit of capital, but you want to grow that into something more. I think people need to understand and, and identify what is their risk appetite. And I think that's going to be the key to then choosing where, how, how aggressively, how much, how frequently, and, you know, durations that you invest for. If you are a truly risk adverse person who says, all I want to do is put my money in the treasury notes and earn a very little to almost negative interest rate, but I know that this is never going to lose me money ever in my life, and that's the kind of person I am that I cannot take the risk of losing a single penny in my life ever, and I want to still quote unquote invest, then maybe those treasury bonds are the way to go, right? You say, I'm gonna put it in a 10, 10 year treasury bond, T-bills, put the money away, lock it up, good forever, I'm never gonna lose money, and I know it's always gonna come back if I need it. Now, whether you will end up losing money, quote unquote, because the uh, inflation went up way past what your return rate was, so your buying power is going down faster than your earning dividends or returns, and you're okay with that risk, great, that's the way to go. If you wanna be a little bit more aggressive and say, hey, listen, I wanna put it into something which is a little bit more stable and I want uh, no dividends. I don't care about that. I just want to know that this, this thing is going to appreciate and something like Apple or, you know, Google stocks where you just put it in and set it or forget it and say, I'm never going to touch this thing until, you know, 20 years from now when I'm ready to retire and I need some, some cash infusion and I'm going to sell this thing. Maybe that's the route you go. 
And then you, as, as you get more aggressive in your investment approach and say, I want to aggressively grow the amount of investable capital I have by taking a little bit of higher risk up front and putting money into something that may, let's say, double my money in three to five years. And I want to get into those things knowing the risk is high, but I know the return is going to be amazing. I want to explore these options. And then you start researching as to what are those options. And then you find people that are in that circle of investments. And real estate can be that. Uh, It's not always, but it can be that. And so you then find, okay, well, who are the operators slash managers or people that are in this space that I can learn from? And, And I think that's the way you want to go is just to say, how much money do I have now? How much money do I want to have in investable capital? And I keep saying this investable capital because I want people to understand that every dollar you have in your checking or savings account should not be investable money. You need to have reserves. You need to know how much runway do I have? How much money do I have saved up for those emergencies things? Because if your car breaks down, God forbid, a tire blows out, uh, AC goes out and you own your home or your roof gets a leak or a hailstorm hits it and you have to file an insurance claim, do you have enough money? to be able to support not just your monthly sustainable bills, but those emergency things that may come up. Because even if you have insurance, you have deductibles. Yeah. Right? And so you got to save up enough money to say, can I cover that up for at least three, six, nine, 12, whatever your, your comfort zone is, to say, I need to have at least a few months of runway to say, God forbid I lose my job, my wife loses her job, whatever happens, income source goes away, market has a turmoil, stocks go down, your portfolio is now lower, you, even if you sell it, you're losing money. Do I have enough cash reserves to sustain my living, standard of living for X amount of months and the rest I can now play with? So right, you, you want to identify that investable money and then you say, okay, well, how do I grow this? How do I put this where I feel comfortable? I know who the person I'm investing money with is or the company that I'm investing money with is. I know how I can get it back. I know how long I want to put it in there or what my, the moment I hit this return rate or the moment it grows to this amount, I want to be able to take it out, right? Like just mentally have a plan as to what is your desired end result? What's your risk appetite? And then identify a good strategy or investment vehicle that will help you achieve that. Yeah. I think that's it's so practical and you say that yet that task of budgeting is not always pervasive right across people it's it's a you know um, not not as structured as as it could be and I think it's it's such an important starting point if you in order to get to where you want to be you have to know where you actually are yep. so you that's have to exactly get, what I did right yeah, so that, like I said, that weekend that I decided to quit my job, on mm-hmm. Thursday I said, Dave, I think I'm not happy anymore. I'm not loving my, my management style, like the people that are above me. I'm not really loving their, their management style. I'm not loving the work I'm doing. Can, we, can I actually quit? And she said, well, let's figure it out. So my consultant brain kicked in, picked up an Excel spreadsheet, created a whole new one from scratch, downloaded every spreadsheet that I could get, from every bank statement, every credit card statement, every mortgage statement, everything we had outgoing and incoming, got it all into one place, new to the line item, to the penny, how much goes into the house, how much goes into groceries, how much goes into the kids' classes, how much goes into our travel, how much goes into taxes, whether that be property taxes, whether that be our you know IRS or California FTB or anything we had, Every outgoing penny and every incoming income source was documented. We knew what our savings rate was today and could we sustain living with that? And within two business days, or well, within two days, we said, yep, we understand it. We got it all down pat. We can make this work quick. Yeah. Sunday evening, I was drafting my letter and Monday I submitted it. Yeah. So. I, I mean, that's vital down down to the penny and i think that exercise is is you know a critical one if if anyone's listening and you haven't done that that's a great place to start today you know let's let's yeah. start with basics and the foundation before you get to this level of sophistication where you're you know you can't have excess if you haven't figured out how to take care of the basics and mm-hmm. once you once you can do that you 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 know everything is in steps 
you know, you can't, you can't jump to college and, until you've finished high school and so on and so forth. So I think that's, that's such a, that's such a critical task that can't be overlooked. Um, that's one okay. thing about investments is to get a handle of where you are. Just like you said, you can't get to where you want to be without knowing where you are. And I think this step of just being able to do enough research into your own finances to have that spreadsheet or any, any tool that works for you. There's enough software out there, I'm sure, on iOS and Android or Macs or Windows that allows you to do this way more easily or even mint.com, right? I mean, there's enough tools out there that you can connect your banks to. It will do all that work for you and tell you, are you doing good, bad, you need to do better, whatever it is. Yeah. Do whatever tool you can find. Just use it to get a handle of where you are today and understand. My assumption is I earn X much more than I spend. Well, let the reality kick in. Do that. That just you don't even have to do soul searching. This is just a, this is, all the data is right there. An emotional yeah. exercise. Although you might get emotional after you yeah, see exactly. that. You will get emotional. Yeah, but, right, but it, it's just a fact finding, find a, you know, mission to say. Where do I stand in life financially to then be able to choose how I want to invest? Can I invest? Do I have enough capital? Do I have enough runway to be able to sustain that investment if I ever choose to go down that path? And I, I don't care if people choose real estate, syndications, buying a home, flipping homes, wholesaling, whatever strategy you choose. Just understand where you are, how much you can play with, and, and what your risk appetite is before you get started. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Because I do, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that everyone, everybody is different. Everybody is different. And there's, and that is not something that even if you call up a, fi a financial advisor, maybe you have a financial advisor friend, they're not going to dictate to you how aggressive you should be. Everyone's mm -hmm. comfort level is different. And, yep. you know, you, you really that that is a little bit of a, of a, you know, self reflection, soul searching thing is, um, you know, are you are you trying to become a mogul where you you know you own, own this whole empire? Or are you like, listen, I want to move to Costa Rica and and never have to really think about any kind of major bills? Like those are two yep. totally different stories. But I think, yep. you know, grounding yourself is one element, and and don't be afraid to envision where you want to actually go. If you have a better idea in the next, let's even just say one year you know, before you get even too far out ahead of your skis into five years and beyond, which, you know, eventually that's a good place to land. You know, even that exercise of 12 months from now, I want to be X in my finances, pay off this debt, save up enough money for this, be able to create a level of income that I can invest. Therefore, I need to change my spending or whatever it is. But if you don't where you are and you don't have a goal then it's going to be very difficult to figure out what makes sense for you from an investment standpoint yep. so that's i think that's a big part of it okay so let let's just say hypothetically that somebody is at the point where they've done what we've talked about <laughs> they've budgeted they understand their money situation and they do have some capital to invest mm -hmm. In your experience, well, you know, and maybe we could start too with it because I know I know it's a vast world out there. Um, at Fairwinds, what are some of the strategies that you often talk to people about when they say, "Hey, I'm really ready. This is what I've got going on. Talk to me about what I can do." I think uh, once you've decided you want to invest money and you've got a certain amount of capital saved up, the Different types of strategies we have at Fairwinds are, they're all real estate related because that's what we are as a commercial real estate investment uh, company. And so all of our investments are tied to real estate in some way. Now, whether that be we've lent money to a real estate person to do their work and they're going to pay us interest, or whether that's us buying apartment complexes in the 100 to 200 unit range uh, across a couple of different states that we like to target or whether that's a, oh, we just bought a hotel in Houston. We're going to convert it into a multifamily building and working with developers who've done this for a long time and have done many of these projects. And each of those strategies will have a different result. Something will be more cash flow based where 
hey, listen, our investors are hungry for that monthly cash flow check, and that's their primary goal. And they're okay with lower returns, but they want to see monthly cash flow versus, hey, uh, the investors that we have in this investment strategy are more about, I don't want to see the money back for at least three to five years, but I want to see it grow at a consistent rate. Don't care about the monthly cash flow, but I want you to deliver a great final product. So when I do get my money back in three to five years, you've at least doubled it. Right. And so and then there could be others who say, hey, listen, my main primary goal is taxes. I am a real estate professional status. I qualify to be able to generate as many negative tax returns as you can generate for me. I'm going to use them to bring my income down, my AGI, the adjusted gross income down for the IRS. That's my primary focus. So whatever the heaviest, ca uh, you know, CapEx heavy project you have that's going to eat up all the money that you put into it and generate negative K-1s, put me in there, sign me up. I want to put a million in each of them. And right, so it's just, it's all about the individual strategy. And so we try to be able to cater to as many needs as possible. We like to work with as many unaccredited investors and accredited investors. These are all IRS defined terms. So, you know, anybody can Google up the word accredited investor and what it means to be that. And so we like to be able to offer as many options as possible uh, to our investor base. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's awesome because you know personally when i when i started investing in real estate it was a decision point of pick a lane and it's not to say you can't change the lane because mm -hmm. there's there's investors that are so extremely sophisticated and do just about everything that is possible my my strategy which i've shifted a little bit because i started with long-term rental and I'm shifting to short-term rental and you know and that kind of thing and just did a 1031 exchange is like is is my thing is basically taking an investment growing it reinvesting and yes do doing things with my business where i can gain equity pay you know have a better satisfactory tax situation and part of that you know comes from uh living in a place like california originally you are thinking about what you can do about your tax situation and yeah. but i arguably everyone is even if you you exactly. live you know live anywhere else that that maybe doesn't have as big of a tax issue but you know i think so that was my strategy that's what worked for me that's what seemed yeah. to make sense i i like that i took classes on stocks and i did i thought the day trading thing was a little too time intensive for me i'm like um yeah. it's awesome i think it's super cool that you can make money fast it's a little bit to me like gambling and I'm not much of a gambler. So 100%. that just wasn't my thing, but I know that there's people that are fantastic at it. So yeah. I, I do think it's, it is another one of those things where you have to, you have to sort of decide where you're going to take your leap and, and see how that, and, and some, and to some degree, see how that plays out. Yeah. You can have an opinion. <laughs> exactly. I think finding the right people to help you in that space is the way to go. If you want to, you want to talk to people, go to meetups, attend Zoom meetings online now that are, you know, most of them are still online or get onto forums like Bigger Pockets or for real estate or other forums for other real estates. Let's say if it's Wall Street Rebels on Reddit, that's the thread you want to follow and, and go into that day trading and shorting and, you know, like the GameStop uh, short there was and you want to get into those high, high, high risk, high return scenarios, right? But just find a place where you can talk to like-minded individuals who hopefully have more experience than you do, have a sense of how to manage risk within that high risk situation and can help you achieve that goal faster if that is the lane you want to go with. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the fact that you're bringing up community, you know, yeah. I, for me, bigger pockets. It it was it was one of my first choices just because the resources. You know, for for anybody listening who who um, is like, oh, this sounds kind of interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Bigger pockets is a real estate community for everyone from if you are an investor to a contractor to a real estate agent to someone who is just trying to learn a little bit more about that that you know realm. So you can get on there and if you do uh, for a fee, you can be, be a member and have access to different inf more information and actually tools like calculators where you can calculate, uh, let's say you wanna flip 
You can calculate, you know, if you have a, a flip, what are some different inputs that would help you understand what your return would be if you're a yeah. buy and hold person. So, they, you know, they have a, a bunch of tools. But, you know, I do think that one of the advantages we have today is access. Yeah. <laughs> access. Yep to information while it's overwhelming because i realize it can maybe feel a daunting at first yep. just like anything else that you care about do your due diligence you you will find you know this with through the power of google and sometimes it's a power of a phone call that you yep. make to somebody like you said that has insights that can get you started yep. right that can get yep. so i'm curious for you because you mentioned 2017 you started getting into investment what was your path for getting more involved before you so started full-time yeah i think so originally i don't know like most people that i've spoken to they had a primary home they wanted to buy a different one their family was growing and so they went ahead and put their own rent before they sold it moved into the new house had tenants some have kept them, some have had horrible experiences and sold them. I was one of those guys. I had a horrible experience in renting to a California tenant, sold the property. And so I had a couple of those experiences in California and I said, you know what, I'm just tired of this. Maybe I don't want to do real estate ever. And luckily enough, one of my best friends in the Bay Area who I had worked with in the past, so an ex-colleague of mine, said, listen, maybe you want to invest out of California that where it's a little bit more landlord friendly, less tenant friendly, and you have legitimate reasons why you can get someone out of your home, like not paying rent for six and a half months should be should never be a situation you're ever in. But California, that's normal. Six and a half months, you got lucky. So, you know, it's it was one of those things where I had a peer of mine say, listen, get your let's get you into real estate in Indianapolis. And I said, Indianapolis, dude, that's thousands of miles away. Why, how would I ever go there, right? Why would I ever go there? How am I gonna manage it? Who's gonna look after it? How am I gonna know, is it good or bad, ugly shootings, criminal activity, who not? Like, I don't know, I'm not gonna keep track of all this stuff. Well, that's where your property manager is. Oh man, but they charge you an arm and a leg. I'm not gonna make any money, what's the point? So leveraging his network was the key to my starting in that journey and eventually choosing, okay, long-term rentals, maybe not it for me in the C minus areas, and maybe the B areas is the way to go. Who knows, right? Whatever, you're, whatever you choose to do. But essentially, that's how I got started was one of my best friends here said, listen, let's take you to Indianapolis. I, before ever going there, I ended up buying eight units within six months. And that's how I got started. But since then, I got into private lending. I did flips. I've helped wholesalers. I've helped buy and hold guys, short-term rental people, burrs, you know, the, the people who are familiar with the strategy of buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And so I've been in that space now because that one initial investment into a duplex in Indianapolis in 2017. And yeah. I can't thank them enough for it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, and I, I, oh, I love your story so much, Jesse. It just, it makes me so, it makes me so excited because it really is, we, you, you and I were talking about, you know, it's your one decision away, your one decision away. You know, for me, it was exactly the same. I wanted to buy a house, but wanted to see if I could do the rental thing. Um, you know, so I've, I've, I've bought and hold a few times. Um, now I'm, I've reinvested into another property and I'm going to try this other strategy. But, um, you know, one one of the things with real estate because one of here's and i would love your opinion on this because right now we hear oh it's this is a this is a challenging market right which is true interest rates are going up not really ideal is it fun to buy i just did it is it fun to buy in a market where interest rate is higher than you would like even when you have excellent credit and all this stuff no it's not fun but is it sometimes the you know, part of the process. And, and if you if you stay in the game long enough, you understand that the market corrects itself. And mm -hmm. every, you know, we, we see patterns, you start to understand patterns every seven years and, you know, um, of kind mm -hmm. of things that we had been on the upturn for so long, you know, you can't be afraid of the of the industry and the market because, you know, for forever, you know, the history <laughs> yeah. has shown particularly with real estate that values 
go up, they increase. And so therefore you're, you're gaining equity and equity is value that you're getting in your home as you're paying your debt down on it. And then, you know, and you, you have the, the, the tax advantage of owning something. And, and that's, that's an important part of it too, because as you continue to grow, you know, then you do become those people that have more money and need to need to really put it in places to protect yep. protect your, your your assets. But so if you're if you're listening right now and thinking like, ugh, where do you get started? We just provided two examples of how to do that. So it does take time, yep. but if you set an intention, you can. And your first investment doesn't have to be this crazy thing. You actually can do long-term real estate investing doesn't have to be in your backyard but like you pointed out you can start by understanding what network there is that you may be able to tap into at a market where you can afford because that's what you did right yep i have i can tell people that are like oh my god i only have like fifty thousand dollars saved up forever and ever and this is all i have to invest and you think you're going to get me into real estate with 50k i have I have helped people buy $17,000 houses that are renting for 600 bucks a month. These people are happy. They just put in 20 grand into a house, all cash, and they're generating 600 bucks a month. After expenses, even if they make 250, dude, that's 250 bucks a month in cash flow from a $20,000 investment, right? It's, these things are feasible. You just have to look you have to understand what the risks are with these investments. If these are C-class neighborhoods and your tenants are, are more likely to not pay or cause more damage than they do good, and you budget for that accordingly, leveraging one of those calculators you just mentioned on bigger pockets. Let's say you, you increase your uh, budget for capital expenses or maintenance costs or any of that stuff, but your upfront investment is considerably lower because it's in an area which is not next to three Walmarts and 17 Starbucks in an A-class neighborhood, you can get in for cheaper and still get a good enough rent where it makes sense for you. But you have a team out there that manages everything. And so, yeah, I've, it, to me, it's all about finding, like I said, understand what lane you want to be in and then finding a market or finding, let's say, if it's stocks or bonds or ETFs or mutual funds or whatever it is, finding that avenue where you're going to find success to match your risk appetite and your goals for investing and then finding if it's real estate finding the market where it's going to work finding an investment strategy that's going to be better i don't care if it's rental arbitrage you can get into rental arbitrage for like five seven grand up front plus yeah. you can put all the furniture on a zero percent interest credit card exactly. using debt wisely yes don't use bad debt use debt wisely you get Sign up for a new Chase credit card that has 0% interest on purchases for 12 months. Great. You just buy $10,000 worth of furniture on that credit card yep. and get an upper charge started. But you have to understand the data. Is the monthly income from that going to support the rent, the monthly payments you're putting towards your credit card, any uh, utilities that are going to be going up? Because let's say if the regular long-term tenant was paying 110 bucks a month in rent, uh, sorry, in utilities, now your short-term rental guys are going to use the AC more often, the heat more often, the water more often, shower longer, or turn on lights and TVs longer. So budget for those. Like every strategy, different things you have to account for and go forth and conquer. So it's yeah. just, just because you have lesser money to invest doesn't mean you can't invest. You just have to find the strategy and then a market that can support that investment strategy. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that, that I do think that is a misperception about investment is that you, okay, well, I have to get $100,000 before I could do anything worth mm -hmm. investing in. You know, um, you don't, you don't have to do that. And, and I do think there's rental arbitrage is very fascinating to me. You know, I happen to decide to, to buy a property to, to do short-term rental, but with arbitrage, for anybody who's like, what the hell is an arbitrage? You, you, you basically, in the simplest terms, is you can go to a property management person or directly to an owner of a property and get their agreement to rent out their property. And once you have that agreement, then you have 
the option to do short-term rentals, you pay them the rent and you keep the excess yep. from, you know, from that rent. So, you know, let's say the rent is $2,000 and through, through Airbnb or, you know, short-term rentals, VRBO, you make $2,500 or $3,000, you keep that $500 to $1,000. And of course, you account for all the things that, that Jazzpreet is talking about, which is the utilities, the maintenance, the cleaning, you know, things of that nature. And then you, you know, but as long as you're coming out in the positive and you understand the tools that are out there to support you. So there's a tool called Air DNA. Yep. And, you know, you, you go on there. Um, you can pay a fee to be able to get more detailed information on it, but it will show you right there of like properties, how much they're renting their stuff out for. So it's your way to understand the market. What is the market yep. doing? So you don't overprice, underprice, and you can adjust your prices based on a conference being in town, a sports co event coming to town, or whatever mm -hmm. that may be. So if, if you're new to this, that could be a very interesting way with something like five to seven K getting started, then, you know, putting 20% down on an investment property, which is probably a substantially, you know, more amount. Sometimes even 25% down for investment properties. Most banks require 25% down now. It does. It does. And, and, you know, I just experienced that. It was a real, it was a mm -hmm. real treat. Um, I, I but, would even say that this is October, 2022 right now. And yeah. most banks are likely going to ask for 30 to 35% down. As yeah. the rates keep going up, they're going to see more risk in the market and they want you to put more of your money at risk than them because a bank is not out there to lose money. They're out no. there to, re to reduce their risk as much as possible and to get as, money, as much returns as possible. And that's their primary goal. As a lender on, all, on almost 300 plus transactions, I can tell you that's been my strategy. And I want like, to reduce my hold risk. On. Don't ask me to take all the risk here. What are you exactly. going to do in this deal? Right? What's your now, skin in the game? Yeah. What's your skin in the game? And I, you know, and I had to, and I had to figure that out, you know, as an investor, what, what that was and figure out the price point and everything I needed to do to, to have the capital to invest in the, in, in, in something bigger than what I was doing mm -hmm. previously. But that's just, you know, a learning process. So I think you brought up something really important. I want to get your opinion on it because right now, Yes, the interest rate is rising. It's absolutely, you know, higher than what we've seen in all these years where we've been, everyone's so excited. A year ago, it was like, oh my gosh, if I could get 3%, that is just amazing. I know that yeah. was exciting for me when I got my first thing that was under 3%, you know, and mm -hmm. now it's like, hey, how about six and a half? How about seven? How does that sound to you? Ooh, not yeah. that great. But what would you say to somebody who's like, well, you know, I want to invest right now, but I'm scared because this market is scary. I just don't know. Should I just wait six months to a year? What would you tell that person? It's all about the research, determining what kind of risk portfolio or risk appetite you have. If you are an extremely risk adverse person and have no appetite for risk and you'd rather not risk a dime of yours being lost ever, then maybe that's the only strategy you have is to stay away, be okay with saying, if I see this market boom in the next three months and I, and I won't beat myself up for it because my risk portfolio or my risk appetite told me I'm not comfortable with that risk and you're okay accepting that, stay out of the market. I don't care if it's a real estate market or stock market or whatever it is you choose to stay out of, but stay comfortable to the point where you can say, okay, well, you know what? I chose that I'm going to be an investor and my investment sort of risk appetite was low. So I'm going to stay out for now, but I know I'm ready to go in when ABC happens, set targets. And if those targets get met, pounce and attack. Don't keep waiting for this dropping knife or don't keep waiting for something to keep going up and don't get emotional, set targets and say, okay, well, if the interest rate drops down to six again, and the prices in the market go down by at least four and a half percent, whatever the numbers are, whatever your target ends up being. And you say, I'm gonna invest, then just choose that and invest. Now, if it goes steadily, just boom, within a day, it's dropping 4% a day or something like that. Sure, maybe you, you change your ideas. But if you're seeing 
a gradual decline or you're seeing a gradual change to whether it be an increase or decrease in whatever metric you're tracking to get to that goal that you had in mind of investing, that's it. Just set a goal as to where you think you're comfortable investing and make it happen. Because if you keep just waiting for the perfect time, you're going to beat yourself up every single time and say, man, I wish I would have done it yesterday when the rate was 2.265 versus what is, now it's 2.75 and or 2.275, right? And you're going, man, that one hundredth of a percent is darn, I missed out and I'm going to hate myself. Don't do that to yourself. It's, it's investing. It's never going to be the perfect day and the perfect minute. Just, just something that's going to meet your goals, your needs and make it happen. Yeah. I, I, you know, you're, you're so right. I do think that there's a level of, and, and I, I want to acknowledge that if, if this is something that is new to you, it is, it is a little different. It's a little scary, you know, doing any, anything that you do for the first time. And all of us could sit here and remember, gosh, the first time you did something that was completely unknown to you or foreign, it does feel scary, but you know, part of that feeling is growth. So with, with that anxiety, with that fear comes, comes growth. And that's how, you know, that you're at that you're at that place where you're you're ready to to get out of your comfort zone you know we don't experience growth in our comfort zone you know nope. now the thing about it and i you know i want to want to be clear about this if you're happy with where you are there's nothing wrong with that you don't nope. have to do anything you don't have to change what you're doing it's it's just to say my you know i i'm i'm really on this like mission right now of radical self-awareness and, and basically what that means is to just always take a conscientious look of where you're at in all the categories. I mean, today we're talking about finances and investments. That's the topic we're talking about. But I would say do that for all the things in your life, whether it's your relationships, your spirituality. You know, if there's anything where you're like, you know, I haven't really paid attention to this. It's just my I don't remember the last time. I don't even know what a gym is. I don't really care what that is. I mean, and maybe, you know, we, we go through seasons. We yeah. go through seasons in our life where like, yeah, I really don't want to expend my energy on that. But then you come back around and go, okay, my financial situation, I've got it to where I need to be. Health, not so great. Let me see what I can do about that. When you have a, when you have a consciousness of radical self-awareness, you're going you're gonna to go through your motions and yeah. figure out where you need to pay attention. So, yep. you know, I, 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 I just want to stress that because, you know, w without that, you, you will just be wandering aimlessly. Yep. And I, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think anyone's coming to a podcast on self-help called Born Unbreakable if you're wanting to wander aimlessly. I don't think so. <laughs> so, right. Unless you want to wander aimlessly in Venice for no reason for three Unless days. it's that, maybe Greece. Uh, maybe I'm okay Europe. with that. There's probably some places where that could be acceptable, you know, but, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that intentionality is just, it's such a, it's, it's such a good thing for us to adopt because yeah. with intention comes action and with action comes outcomes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just love your story because you're you're practicing something and i think about like you having two daughters how cool is it that you're gonna get to show them mm -hmm. this yep. you know at a, at a at a younger age you know that i think for me because i i have an older sister and she you know is pretty good about things like i i always was like man I wish I, I knew this sooner. I think we all do that. I wish I knew yeah. some of this information sooner. Like, gosh, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I would have done blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, like you said, don't beat yourself up because you know now. Exactly. You know now. <laughs> so if you know now, then you could do different different things, you know, with with the with the information. So, you know, I, I'm curious, what's next? because you've talked about the decisions that you've made that has gotten you here. When you think about the future, what are some of the things that you're thinking about from an investment perspective? I'm trying to think of more investment options where I have to spend less time in managing them and more time enjoying my life even beyond what I am at. And like you said, there's seasons, right? When I retired, quote unquote retired from Kaiser and didn't have a job anymore, 
my investment strategy was generating just as much income as my Kaiser W2 was. And I was doing that with less than eight, maybe even six hours a week of my time. Amazing. And only when I decided I want to grow this further, I want to have more assets under management, I want to have a bigger portfolio, I want to have a larger net worth, I want to have a larger nest egg, did I go back into, all right, let's get into managing syndications and joining a team that's doing that. And now I'm spending a good 40 plus hours a week. Again, uh, just, but now it's dedicated to growing our- You want to. Well, I mean, now that I've chosen this path, I have to, right? If if that was my goal is to then grow exponentially, then I have to dedicate more hours to that. And even with all that, 2019, we traveled nine countries. This year alone, we've done at least three in three different states. So you can imagine my girls, I mean, the oldest one is not even 10 and the younger ones just turned seven and they've been to at least 13, if not 15 countries each. It's amazing. Right? So that's the goal is to then keep growing that number with the family together always. And so it's just like you said, the cycles, right? I have to then now get to that next goal of, all right, fine. I'm going to come back to six hours a week, but generate double the income that I was at before. And maybe I choose to do it all over again and spend another 40 hours a week for a few years, get to that triple number and come back to six hours a week in my life. Right. So it's, it's just, you, you choose to go a certain directions. You, you change with the market, you change with the investment strategies you have. And, uh, just make sure you keep the next goal in mind. Stay a little bit focused on, on what you what it's going to take to achieve that, and keep going. Yeah, I I that I mean that and that is the practical answer. What's your goal? Yep. Only you know, only you know that, and I and I do you know I think that it's. Uh, I'm always a fan because you know we're in the fourth quarter of the year, right? And it's going to go by fast because you factor in the holidays and everything else. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of winding down. I, 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 mean, I think I've actually talked about this before, but you know, most of the time at the end of the year, people do like a new year's resolution of some kind, which, you know, I, th- I think, you know, I, th- I, I think that could be valuable. I, I like to do goal setting. I think the process of goal setting is, is a bit more broad. I think you can hit a few different cylinders. That's not just, you know, the, the lose 10 pounds kind of thing. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong. I probably, I probably love to lose 10 pounds right now. That's great. But you know, I think, I think beyond that, there's, there's probably a little bit more meat that you could put on, on, on those bones. Um, but, but that's something, you know, to consider is, is maybe how might you consider this podcast as a one, start with the budgeting, you know, which we mentioned earlier, but then also, you know, think about broadly when, when you do goals, what, what does 2023 look like? What, what might that, you know, what might that be for you? And I, I think that's, that's, that's a good practical starting point, you know? Um, I'll I'll just say, I'll just say one more thing to that is when you're thinking of budgeting and you're thinking of, oh, my goal is to save X amount of money or my goal is to do X, Y, Z. Sometimes it's just shifting your expenses. If your goal is to travel, but you've got two Mercedes and a Ferrari outside that are eating up every bit of income you've got and you're just living paycheck to paycheck, but you're maintaining that lifestyle, but you're not getting to travel, but that was your primary goal maybe selling that Ferrari is going to get you that income or money that you needed to travel instead. That could be, and I'm just saying a Ferrari and a Mercedes just for the heck of it. It could be an iPhone 14 plus pro plus that you're buying. You know, you're standing in line at Apple and you're ready to buy that right now while you're listening to this on your Apple iPhone 12 and going, I need that 14 pro max right now, but maybe that thousand, 1200 bucks or whatever the dollar amount is, is better suited for spending it on a $400 ticket to Hawaii where you've been wanting to go for 16 years and never been and staying for five days and coming back. And it's going to cost you the same amount of money. So you're not reducing your expenses at all, but now you're just shifting the expense to say, now this is helping me achieve a goal that I've had for 16 years of wanting to go to Hawaii, but never been. 
but but delaying this iPhone purchase by six months or skipping this series entirely is going to help me get there. Or maybe I'll buy the 12 SE, I don't even know, 14 SE, whatever the number is, right? Something that is of a lower model still gets me what I need, but I still get to spend the remaining that I just saved into something that I wanted to do instead. So just shifting the mindset of you're not saving any money, you're still spending the same amount of money. It's just helping you achieve something beyond what you thought you were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And that's prioritization. And there's, yep. di there's different times when we prioritize different things, you know, what you prioritized before you maybe had kids are a little mm -hmm. different than what you prioritize after you have kids, or if you were in a relationship and then now you're single. I mean, every, there's all kinds of different circumstances that change that yep. then dictate what direction you might go. And so, you know, you have that permission, but if you, if you take a, take stock, then you'll, you'll have an idea, you know, all goals are achievable if you set them practically and you take an action towards them on a daily basis. Yep. You know, it's all about, it's all about the behaviors that we exercise every day that get us closer to the thing that we're trying to achieve. And so it's, 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 I, it sounds simplified, but it is simplified. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean there's, you can set up alerts on freaking Google flights and say, well, that's my goal is to travel to this location within these months. And I'm just going to set a daily, you know, alert that every time it drops to this amount, let me know I'm going to buy that ticket. Well, it's a simple task of setting up an alert, but it's now getting to your goal, mm -hmm. right? It didn't take any money. It didn't take any effort besides going to a website and clicking two buttons. And now you've got an alert and the email shows up whenever it's there. It's not something you have to think about on a daily basis. It's not something you have to follow up on. It just shows up in your alerts and you click the button. Now, whether that's a Roomba purchase or a Google flight or a real estate property or interest rates or a stock dropping to a certain price, whatever it is that you want to achieve, technology out there has gotten so advanced that it could probably help you do it. Mm -hmm. If I can yeah. turn on my lights and open my garage door from Japan, yeah. without having to do anything besides pushing a button because I had leveraged technology to do so, yeah. there's enough technology out there to help you achieve your goal. And there's enough free tools to help you get there, including mint or flight trackers or honey, something on, you know, to track pricing on Amazon, whatever it is you want to do, just mm -hmm. implement the tool that's going to help you get there and just get it done. Yeah. Mint.com is really cool. You know, take, yeah. takes all your information, puts it in one place and spits out to you, you know, how you spend what, and tracking all the things that you, you know, you're, um, <clears throat> that you want to track. And, and, and it is that fast today, you know, you Google budgeting tool. Yep. Boom. 118,000 show up. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and then all the preferred ones with the ads that paid to be at the top. I mean, it's the, you know, and, and, and that's really, you know, the thing I think about is that there really are no excuses anymore. I think about the way I grew up and like there wasn't Google and all that stuff. So you had to like yeah. work a little harder to find stuff. But today. Papers all the time. Periodicals. Yellow. Coupon books. Yellow pages. <laughs> do we do those anymore? I don't even know if we have yellow pages anymore. Um. But yeah, I mean, there, you know, resourcefulness is a thing, you know, ha having to coupons. That was a thing. Coupons, hey, I'm not a hater. That's cool. I'm down. I'm down. Coupons, Groupons, you know, I, I'm, every time I buy something, I'm like, is there a promo code for this? Because I'd exactly. really save like $2.50 right now. That would be really yes. like Buy that I'm extra not, piece of gum that I wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm always doing that. I'm like, there's got to be a coupon code somewhere. Can I get this. cash back if I use this card instead of that one? Forty-eight cents. Yes. Yes, I'm. I love it. I love deals like that, sales like that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't take much. <laughs> it doesn't no, take. No, that's much. exactly it. If if you're if the investment, it's it's all about the ROI. If the amount of effort you're putting in is worth the result that you get, the tools are out there. Yeah. So, Jazz Pred, I want to end on a couple of questions that um, 
will help us get to get to know you a little more. So the first question that I have is, you know, the title of my show is Born Unbreakable. So I really do believe that we are able to work through our adversities. So what makes you unbreakable? Oh man, I think my family support because like I said, my wife showing up on a Thursday saying I'm ready to quit. I guarantee you more often than not, the other spouse is going to say, are you crazy? Not happening. End of this stupidity right now. There's no way it's happening. But my wife said, let's figure out how. It's amazing. And uh, I I did a flip in Austin once in Texas, and I lost, I think, like 48 grand on this flip after 16 long ordeal-filled months of trying to manage it remotely and firing two GCs and yada, 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 right? She's like, whatever. Didn't you just make like 72 on the last one? We're good. Like, we're still in the positive, so we're fine. Yeah, actually, we are fine. Okay, you know what? This is – thanks, honey. Or whether it's the kids showing up with hammers and uh, whatever tools I need at the house because we were just fixing up our whole – well, rebuilding our whole house from scratch and the family's involved. We just stayed in a 400-square-foot studio for 18 months, the four of well, us. exciting. 400 square feet. There's yeah, no, like there's no bedrooms. Sounds like a show of some kind. Like that would be interesting. Huh, you know, and you know, some kind of interesting show to see what family life is like. It's basically like being in a tiny home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So but they they dealt with it. We we saved a crap ton of money by doing the work that we did ourselves and taking as long as we did. But the family supported it. So I think to me, having the support of your family from parents to spouse to kids. And beyond is what makes me unbreakable because I know whatever challenge comes my way, they got my back and we're going to get through it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That is really incredible. What about, what is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Crap ton of them. Uh, (laughs) You're like, depends on the day. No, I'm kidding. As an Asian person your family your parents are all about okay doctor engineer you know scientist rocket scientist whatever right those are your only options and that's all you're going to do and nothing else you're going to go to college or you know i went to penn state i got engineering degrees i did all that stuff and to think that i'm going to quit my job after i spent a decade basically in getting the education that i did to get to where i was and then to just and then take another decade to build a rapport and the positions that I had attained and the job titles and everything that I had done to say, I'm going to quit my job. That was a self-limiting factor for a while before I could get myself to say, I hate this enough to actually do this. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. And if my wife would have said, I don't think so, I'm 90% sure I would have given up and said, all right, go back to my old self and we're good to go. Yeah. So but that's that, why those two things go together. You have the right support and yep. you've got the, you know, your own tenacity and through that support to be able to work through those limits. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a power combination for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you tell someone, oh, you're going to be living in a foreign square foot studio with your family of four through COVID with no active schools, no jobs, everybody staying at home 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no doors to close, no rooms to go to, nothing. Just it's one space, the kitchen, living room, dining room, sleeping, everything is in one space, right? That was, are you crazy? I've got enough money in the bank. I'll go rent a place. I'm good. Right. But came over that without any, we're all happy together. Everybody's still, you know, uh, and it's great. That is a good test. If you could survive, then, you know, you all get along now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of self-limiting. There could be small ones to large ones. But it's all about just, I think if you make them vocal, you get some feedback, you find people who are in that community that can help you, mm-hmm. it's easier to overcome these things and, and get past them and, and really get into that growth space where you get out of your comfort zone and expand your horizons and can finally achieve those goals and dreams you had. Yeah. Okay. What about a superpower? 
what's something that you're really good at that you're proud of? Oh man, I'm going to knock on my bamboo wood desk, but I think underwriting. So, uh, like I said, 300 plus lending transactions so far. Lot. No defaults, (laughs) no foreclosures, no loss of principal, no loss of income or interest. That is, that's pretty spectacular. I would say that's a, that's a talent if I could identify one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a strong track record there for sure. That's a, That is a gift of yours. Okay. You have traveled a lot. You just mentioned that about your family. Mm-hmm. So they may not necessarily be travel, but what is something on your bucket list? Uh, I think it's all travel related. My whole bucket list is travel related. I love it. Oh. I love it. <laughs> Whether it be, so we've already done skydiving in Miami. My wife and I went, my, I even took my 60, some, 63, 65 year old parents with me. So all four of us jumped. Nice. Uh, I've done that twice now. Uh, we've done zip lining across mountains, like snow peaks in Canada. We've done snorkeling in Hawaii. We've done uh, boat rides through like these massive caves that you can only get through to, through boats in Portugal. We've done, so, I mean, experiences list is what I want to grow. So whether that's bungee jumping or whether that, I mean, I've I've flown a plane already, so check that off, jumped out of a plane, check that off, right? So there's a lot of things that I've luckily been able to, fortunate enough to achieve already, but it's all about exploring more countries and more cultures and just keep expanding that horizon. Yeah, I, I think that's amazing. That's really where the experience is at. That's where you get those memories and, you know, and, and I also think the importance of expanding your perspective is what you get from travel, you know, like, oh, there's something outside of the town that I live in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaspreet, if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would it be? Take action. And if you can't take action right away, figure out what it's going to take to take that action so build that baseline figure out where you are at and figure out what you need to achieve to be able to take that action that you've been thinking about taking absolutely how can people find you if they're interested in asking you questions or getting more information about investments so our website is fwc fairwinds capital investments.com and my email address is Jaspreet, J-A-S-P-R-E-E-T, at fwcinvestments.com. Email me, or I can probably share my calendar link. Once you email me, we can set up a time to talk. And depending on what investment strategy or advice you want to have, we can then choose what direction we go from there. Yeah. You are brilliant. I could touch you for hours. Uh, this this has just been this has been awesome. I also enjoy this topic. I just I'm, I'm I'm really passionate about people stepping out and finding things that can actually help them to expand, you know, little by little and exponentially. I think it's it's just such a great way to impact your life and also your family, the people around yeah. you, the people you care about. So, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, that that is a little bit of a of, of an ask, you know, to think about how you could do that. And hopefully you got some some insights today that can help you get going or, or take you further if you've already started. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was amazing. I have Radar with me for this reflection. Say hi, Radar. Say hi to the people. Oh, my gosh, you are way cuter than any other little creature that could be on a podcast right now. Okay. He was eager to join me in my discussion today with Jaspreet, but um, yeah, he's not making his appearance until now. It was awesome. I, you know, I know it's always evident anytime you hear an episode about investment of any kind that I obviously have a bias towards the topic. So I have a tendency to, to, you know, share my passion along with my guest. And it's just, it's just so much fun. It really is. I think when you um, are exploring investments, it's, it's, 
you treat it as a fun process. You're growing your portfolio. You're you're acquiring new information. You're figuring out how to grow your money. And there's what is not fun about that. It's challenging, of course, but you know what's challenging is worth it if it's going to better you, if it's going to better the people around you. So, you know, I I think that Jazpreet is such a stand-up, straightforward, top-notch person. It's he knows his stuff. I think it's and and he gives such practical advice. So, just to recap on some of the things that I would love for you to take away from this episode, know where you are, do your budgeting, figure out your risk uh, your appetite for risk and pick a lane of where you want to spend your time investing, even if it means starting to learn about it. If you don't know something today, start getting information. Jazpreet gave his email. You could start there or you could start with where you feel comfortable, whether that is a person that's an expert that you know, or it's doing some internet research. Just get started. You know, the, the, the best way forward is to take one step and one step turns into so much more later. So if you do those couple of things, you'll be off to a great start. And if you are a more sophisticated investor, you know, maybe this is a time where you take a step back and think about your current strategy. And if there's anything that you want to add to your portfolio, maybe it's arbitrage, you know, maybe it's something that you haven't tried yet that you just want to learn a little bit more, more about before you dip your toe into it. So there is, there is a place for everyone in investing, whether you're a beginner or you're an expert, there's always something to learn. And if it's not so much about learning for you, then maybe it's about teaching. Maybe this episode will inspire you to share your knowledge with somebody who could use this kind of information to help them get ahead and to get a little further. I'm all about that here. You know, at Born Unbreakable, it is about contribution and service and helping others, not just about yourself. So I, you know, I like to encourage people to be in service because that is truly where you get the greatest gratification and fulfillment. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Follow and subscribe if you haven't already. Remember, you're your only limit, so take action today. That was Jazpreet's last piece of advice, so I stack my hand on that. I stack my hand on that. Share this episode because I am sure that there is somebody that is going to get a lot out of it. I'll see you next time.